Welcome to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're full season ticket holders at Ashton Gate who love the club, the game and all things Bears. So for a light-hearted take on Bristol's progress on and off the pitch this season, stay tuned. In this week's show, we discuss another frustrating defeat against Leicester Tigers and reflect on our road trip to Welford Road. We take a look ahead to the next home game against Breve in the Challenge Cup and make our predictions for the rest of the season. I'm Tony and this week I'm joined by Lee, Pete and Miles for a cheeky beer and some rugby banter. Well boys, welcome back to my place. Um, good to see you. Uh, first show of the new decade. Yes. Um, everybody have a good new year? Yeah, good. Very quiet on, on my front. Yeah, we had we had a good one, didn't we, Miles? We were we we shared saw the new year in together with our families, didn't we? At old um, Miles Towers and uh, <laughs> oh, a pot of champagne. It was a I don't know hundred year old uh, champagne that you brought out for the occasion. So Absolutely, it was one. dust off the champagne. It was a great New Year spent with Pete. So well beyond its sell by date. Then. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> right. So you three had um, a road trip. You uh, were all off to Leicester, and you took the mics with you. And we've got some uh, recorded comments. But before we before we get into that, um, I'd just like to go round and ask each of you. Just your, your overall impression of the game and your your, your thoughts. So, Miles, how, how did you feel coming away from that game? Um, a bit low, to be honest with you. I mean, it was my second away trip of the year. Obviously, I went to Sarri's um, and I thought we might come away with a win. But to come away with nothing at all made me feel a little bit more depressed, sadly. Well, I, I think uh, it was more of a case of what might have been. Actually, there were there were times in the game where I think we, uh, you know, we might have got a bit more out of it than we did. But um, yes, ultimately, it's it's always a bit disappointing when you come away with nothing. Ultimately, that was the result. Uh, but you know, I had to I had to sort of get over it a bit today with a, a nice little walk around Tinsfield um, with the family. So in a way, I went from in Pat we trust to National Trust. <laughs> <laughs> Amelia, your thoughts? Yeah, I'd, I'd summarise what the boys said. I think it was one that got away, personally. OK, well, let's now hear um, about your trip, which started uh, early in the morning at, uh, at Redcliffe. We're here for our first road trip of the season. Pretty early start, thanks to the FA Cup, moving the Leicester game back to one o'clock. And we're waiting uh, outside St Mary Redcliffe Church for the coach. Anyway, so we're about to get on this coach um, with a load of Bristol fans and uh, uh, we're looking forward to arriving at Welford Road. So we're here, we've made it. Uh, We're nice and early, uneventful coach trip and uh, we're at Welford Road. So Lee, uh, what's your first impressions of of the area? Um, Well, obviously our our coach did a little detour because we were told that we could park in um, the King Power Stadium car park, but that got put back. So we ended up back at the uh, Welford Road car park. Um, Really impressed actually, both stadiums look really good. Uh, There's a couple of pubs in between us and um, and a Morrison's for breakfast so I think we're happy with that aren't we so due to our um, early start we managed to get a quick pint in outside the grounds although uh, to be fair we were queuing for ages made us feel a little bit home like home um, but we finally got our beers in and we're looking forward to the game Miles got something to say um, yeah Lee made us made us queue for a beer for about half an hour but uh, breakfast in the stomach uh, now drinking a beer and uh, looking forward to the game 
So we're uh, we're in one of the Leicester merchandising stores. Uh, apparently, this is a smaller version, um, but it's full. It's like Santa's Grotto in here. It is stock full of all sorts of uh, Tigers paraphernalia. Um, quite an interesting bit of research. But Miles, you've got something to say, haven't you? Well, yeah, thanks. So half the season, well, not even half the season's gone, and they're already discounting 50% of all their merchandise. And I think I can see Lee buying a Leicester, reduced price Leicester Tigers beanie. So, Bobblegate stroke Leicester. Always coming back through, coming back in. Leicester Tigers fan, we really need the five points today. The only difference between the teams was George Ford and Ten kicking into the corners, making it work for us. And the forward pack absolutely dominating in the scrums. Top pressure off us when normally we would lose the games. Um, Modern Tigers. So we are now um, sat on the coach on the way home after a bit of a disappointing afternoon. Um, but sitting next to me is Katie Parker, who is the chair of the supporters club. So, Kaylee, thanks for talking to us. What we'd like to know is a little bit about um, what the aim of the supporters club is, how you got involved in it, and uh, and you know what you feel about the whole thing. Afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the aim of the supporters club, our predominant aim is to take people to away matches. So we organise the coaches, um, albeit two coaches today or seven coaches up to Twickenham. Um, I got involved, I think maybe five or six years ago now, but it feels like forever. I um, started off as a committee member, moved to secretary for a few seasons, and then this is my second year as chair. That's, yeah, that's brilliant. I mean, it's an amazing um, you know, job that you do, because obviously it's all voluntary and you've got to like, uh, organise all this sort of stuff. Um, what are the sort of things you enjoy about the job? It's nice getting to know everybody. I've met so many people through doing this. You have your regulars, you have people that have never been in an away game before, but you just get to make so many more friends within the club, which is lovely. Yeah, I mean, from a personal experience, I mean, this was one of our first uh, away games, and you've done a great job. You know, we, ne we didn't leave anyone behind. You were very organised. You know, the coach was there, we thought. So, you know, an amazing job done. So, just thinking about the game today, because obviously that's what it's all about, really, is the rugby. Um, pretty disappointing result. Where do you think it went wrong for the Bears today? Um, I think there were a couple of things that happened today. There was a little bit of ill-discipline at the start, which started off shaky, and then you're all once you're on the back foot, it can be difficult to drag that back. Um, dare I say some interesting referee decisions, yeah. um, which I don't think helped. And I just think it was a combination. It just wasn't our day. Brilliant. And then finally, if there's people out there that sort of want to get involved with the supporters club, what do they do? on a match day before or after the game we've got our little branded gazebo right next to the club shop so you can't miss us or you can contact us on social media or drop us an email brilliant well we'll give you a rest now but cheers for that and uh, hopefully we'll see you again on a coach soon Right, so it's nearly 12 hours since we left this morning. Uh, we've had a full day at the Tigers. We're now back outside the Golden Guinea, had a cheeky little pint to finish, but I'll pass over to Lee for a couple of reflections. Um, on the field, uh, not so good, but oh, I, I have to admit, for us, it was, 
it was brilliant on the coach. I thought it was um, so professional and all, well organised by Kaylee, and um, I definitely, definitely would be making a trip on the coach again, personally. Miles, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I mean, apart from having to spend 12 hours with Pete and Lee, I thought the experience of going to the... Our first away game on the supporters coach was brilliant. The setup was fantastic, really well organised, really easy to get there and back, and I definitely think we'll be doing that again. So there we have it. Um, it was Dan, wasn't it? The, the Leicester yes. fan? Yeah. yeah. Uh, sounded very relieved and um, talked about a game of uh, two number 10s. And of course, Kaylee, um, sounded like you had a good chat with her uh, on, on that day, uh, highlighted some of the things that she thought uh, contributed to, to the defeat. So, Pete, your, your thoughts then maybe in a bit more detail about um, what, where it went wrong. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm, it was a bit of a continuation of, uh, of what happened with Wasps and, and actually London Irish, to, to be honest. Well, I just think it was a bit about this whole thing about ebb and flow and uh, managing the momentum. And, you know, there were times we played some decent rugby away from home, um, you know, and, and, you know, up against it a few times. We had 13 men for a while. Then we came out in the second half and we played, we scored two great tries and we were looking dominant. And at that point, when we were 20, I think it was 21-18 down, the Leicester fans were worried. They were definitely worried. But, you know, again, what you know, we just didn't seem to manage that momentum. We didn't go on and win it. And that's not to sort of, um, I don't think we played badly all the way through. There was some great rugby in there as well, some great little performances. But there was also a lot of sort of uh, bad stuff as well. So when it averaged out, we kind of came away uh, with nothing. When I think up to like the 72 minutes, we were still well in that game as well so you know it was disappointing because it's always disappointing when you don't get anything um, but I think we have to be be fair and start talking about some of the positives that we saw in there as well Before we move on to that Lee I just wanted to ask your opinion on the, the two yellow cards do you think they were, were were fair? Yeah I mean I think Lee's yellow card was you know you could you could say possible red I think, I think so. it was a silly silly boy Um I think Alapazi was a bit unlucky, really, but I, I guess it, you know, it was a 50-50, but I, I think they were both fair yellow cards, personally. I think, I think with the, the um, Jordan Lay, I think the ref actually did us a bit of a favour because the, you know, the Leicester fans were baying, mm. baying for a red. And when you looked at the video, the guy next to us looked at us and said, you know, all fairness, boys, that, <laughs> that looks bad. And we, I, we, were, we were really, I mean, we couldn't hear anything what was going on with the ref. We were expecting a red, I've got to say. Yeah. And then I think the problem with the, the Alapati one, he probably got it because there was an overlap but again, you know, it's sort of thinking clearly under pressure. He knew we were down to 14. You know, he's got in that instant moment, he has to decide, am I going to stick my hand there or am I not? Because and it's, it's so it's difficult. Cool. It's so difficult. You it's know, I don't blame him. But, you know, when we went down to 13, we got back to 7-6 and we'd been piling on a bit of pressure, having conceded, a, you know, a very pretty soft early try. And it just completely put the brakes on quite a good passage of play where we had been, you know, there'd been quite, it all happened the other side of the ground to us, but, you know, there was quite a nice interchange between forwards and backs and, you know, we, but we never quite made it. And then suddenly 13 men, they scored, I think I checked it on the highlights, they scored two tries in that in that time. By that um, time, you, you, you're so far behind it. It's, yeah. it's a man exactly. to... Um, it takes a lot out of them yeah. as well. But. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, overall, I thought we played 
better than we did at Wasps. The backs were flowing. Um, the combination of players was pretty good. But um, Lee mentioned this a couple of games, uh, a couple of pods ago. We wanted to go there and silence the Leicester fans. So within two minutes, Piatau would pass poorly to Fricker. Um, a, 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 a scrum was given to Leicester and then Genji went over within two minutes and that sort of set the tone for the whole game, making it very difficult to come back from that. It did feel a little bit like Worcester at that point, I'll be honest <laughs> with you, did. when we got tanked up there. That's, that was my feet and my heart sunk straight away because that first 20 minutes was so important for us. Mm. I mean, that big breakfast we had started to, you know... Regurgitate. Sit, sit, well, it wasn't just sitting heavy, you're right. It was starting to regurgitate very early. Now, now the Leicester man um, on the, on that soundbite talked about the number 10, George Ford controlling it, pinging balls down into corners. Um, how, how did you see, um, Miles, the, the difference between the way Ford played and, and Sheedy? Sheedy had a better game than it was, yeah. I think we all agree, don't we? Yeah. Uh, I mean, to have a little tap over the top, which resulted in a try, was almost from genius. From really. a 70 yeah. yard break as Absolutely. well. So he was quick and he was diving through the lines, etc. Um, you could argue that he was just continually just throwing it out to the backs where George Ford may have just kicked it over the top, a few more differences. But I thought Sheedy was pretty good, to be honest yeah, with you. I, I would say that the difference was international class and experience. Yeah. And Callum just doesn't have that yet. So I think, I mean, I think, I wonder, I do wonder whether he was listening to the last podcast we had because <laughs> honestly, we saw, we were talking about this last pod that, you know, Wasp seemed to have sort of sussed out our our attack play, our little sort of go yeah. around the back and coming up fast, you know, um, uh, line speed. And today we saw, well, yesterday, sorry, we saw Callum do a little, few little side steps inside and, and the little, you know, a yeah. few. So I think, you know, I, I thought it was one of the best games I've seen him have. And yeah. I, I think something you mentioned it during the game was that I think Randall um, helped because we felt the ball was just getting to... Sheedy just a little bit quicker mm. giving him that little bit extra yeah. time to actually decide you know what there are a few little options and it doesn't always have to be the same thing so I think that was quite noticeable at the game that, that Randall was getting the ball out quick and it just it's only it's margins isn't it it's yeah. fractions of seconds but it just gives Sheedy enough time to to be able to implement the game that he wanted to to do, yeah. I mean, I think he's probably he, he was he was disappointed after the game in that in that interview he did, and I think he was probably like you know he's a great guy and he's a great team player. There's no doubt about it. He's, you know, he's come all the way through, so he you know we know he wears the heart on the sleeve, but he yeah. probably thinks. You know what do I have to do? So like I've I've you know made a big and I've suddenly come against George Ford who has one of his like best you know he was faultless yeah, really Ford and you can't knock him um, and you know she you can't win it all on your own as well and I think he probably just felt a bit disappointed that it hadn't kind of gone the way that they hoped it would do yeah um, so so, so any, any other players that stood out uh, from a Bristol perspective. Well, I thought Hurrell was solid in the centre of being yeah, outstanding, but he was solid enough and you know. Um, O'Connor I mean it's O'Connor. great I mean that try yeah. from O'Connor oh what a take that anybody you, you've got to love that try you, the, we were pumping in yeah. the stands to you know the, the Leicester you know that was a quality and that made the, almost made the day that we yeah. actually managed to have a couple of fist pumping moments the Leicester fans around where we yeah. were sat were clapping as well I mean it was a hell of a take and, and I, yeah, we thought we talked about this we thought that Hurrell gave O'Connor a little bit more 
a bit more protection, as it mm. were. You know, O'Connor had a, had a torrid time against Wasps. I think that yeah. they're fairly accepted for reasons not all down to him. Um, and I think today he probably got his confidence back, despite you know being on the losing side. I mean, he did get absolutely. He got smashed by Genge in that first try. But then Genge was on a you know he you know they must you know that wasn't all O'Connor's fault. Oh, it was one against yeah. one, and you know yeah. how are you gonna you know how are you gonna deal you with a little rhino him. coming at you a yard yeah. the line? So. I think O'Connor, that was good for him. Yeah, and I think stats, O'Connor, I think 81 metres from 18 carries and nine defenders beaten. Ooh. So, uh, so that's, pretty, right. that's good. That's good day at the office. Pretty, good day at the office for an away I, game. Um, any, anybody else, Miles, that you, you, you thought stood out for, for Bristol? Um, I mean, I've just put Randall and Sheedy. I felt, I think we all felt, it was a much better combination, wasn't it, than the previous yeah, week yeah. of Erin and Sheedy. I mean, as Lieberton to a quicker ball from Randall, Sheedy got it quicker. Um, other than that, Thomas, I uh, Dan, Dan Thomas, Dan Thomas. I mean, better. just having him back yeah. just made all the difference, did it? In the back, Snaffler, isn't he? He's just in there yeah, all definitely. the time. He's yeah. just disrupting them, and obviously got a try as well. And he's just a, a general nuisance to the opposition. I think, and I, I always feel a lot better when Dan Thomas is on the pitch. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you look back at it, we're actually talking about a lot of positive stuff. But at the end of the day, we lost quite heavily uh, without losing bonus point. And Thomas definitely, I mean, Thacker was lively. Yeah. Didn't yeah. quite ever quite get... It didn't uh, quite fall for him, fall did for him. You know, he didn't yeah. quite get those moments in broken play where it might have got through. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think those are the probably the standout I mean, we talked a little bit about Toby Fricker with some of the fans afterwards. Um, there was a bit of a div- div- divergent yeah, opinion. One fan was like, oh, he's, you know, he's rubbish. And the other, another fan was like, well, yeah, but he, he had a good game. And I think we decided it was somewhere in the middle. He was calm, he, he made a couple of good tackles. He's solid, but he just, you know, he's up, he's up against John, Johnny May. And you think he just doesn't quite yet, like Sheedy doesn't quite yet have the George Ford-ness. Well, it's like Fricker is still alert. He's still learning, and he never looked like he was going to quite have that magic. And I felt for him a bit, to be honest. Well, according to the Premiership Rugby website, Fricker made seven tackles, but missed six. Mm. So you know, just over fifty percent. I wonder. Whether, yeah, well, I wonder whether sometimes you know this is when Pat referred to some systemic defence problems in the game, and that was something that stuck out a little bit. Um, you know when well, Charles uh, missed the Charles, you know, and I just well. wonder whether the setup. You know, Fricker. It's difficult when you're a winger and you're not sure whether you've got, you know, whether you've got to come inside or whether you've got to stick with your man. And ultimately, we know realistically you should always stick with your man. If you're the outside man, you've got to assume yeah, your inside defense is going to do it. But um, yeah, I mean, it was it was a, it was probably about right. He, he's still got a lot to learn, hasn't he? But yeah. yeah. Apologies, listeners, for that can opening uh, distraction. I think yeah, they expected it, don't they, Tom? Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. <laughs> they've, they've been waiting for it. Coffee's last week, back yeah. to beers this week. Something I wanted to ask, a couple of things just about the trip overall. Um, I heard you were buying a Leicester bobble hat. Yeah, Lee, would you like to explain yourself? I did, Tony. Um, I'll be honest with you, I, the rebel in me... We went into the well, what we thought was actually the merchandise store initially. One. The one the that's about one. the same size as our one. Yeah. yeah. And it turns out that actually that was just the tiny store. Big boy was just around the corner. And there was so much stock in there. And like Miles had said earlier on, 50% off and the range was massive, wasn't it, boys? 
And I, I, you know, just, it was that little bit of rebel in me just thought, do you know what? It's a Leicester Tiger as Bobble at. It's £7.50. I'm having it. Talking about merchandise, I just wanted to say because between um, the last podcast, we put all the uh, all the findings mm-hmm. from our survey on our Facebook page. So if you haven't seen them yet, the the results of all the questions that we asked, and we had over three hundred and eighty people answer them. They're all on our Facebook page, Bears Beyond the Gate. We also sent this to the club. We were given a message that the results have been sent to the senior commercial team to be to look at. Uh, uh, we have had this statement and I'll read this for you. So it's, we're aware of concerns from a section of supporters and are working hard to improve our merchandise product and delivery. We have a positive strategy in place for 2020, which we will share in due course. So maybe a bit of a bland statement there. Um, Still nothing about the ladies range um, that we did ask a specific question about. Um, but um, bobble hats are back and I saw two of you guys were sporting them um, at the game Um, so let's hope 2020 is a better year on the merchandise front now one of the other questions I just wanted to ask about your um, away trip I believe you've got an interesting anecdote around uh, a dual carriageway and a kebab shop (laughs) (laughs) on that PD this well yeah, so so we we're going back to our uh, to the supporters coach, um, which was parked in the official car park, just the back of of the of one of the stands at Welford Road, and next to that there was a, it was probably a four lane kind of road, and by then four o'clock it was busy. It was busy. It was busy, and there was traffic lights, and they were moving in and out. Anyway, Lee and uh, Miles see an off light. Uh, well, no, you saw a little news agent, didn't you? And uh, yeah. before I could do anything, they nipped in and out the traffic. It was. Uh, and you know they they you know put their life in their hands anyway got into this thing I couldn't make it I was a bit slow on the uptake then I looked right next to me and next to me is Nathan Hughes Hi I'm Nathan Hughes you're listening to Beers Beyond the Gate standing there with his shorts on and his t-shirt he looks like he literally had done that thing where when you change after a game you just throw something on really quickly and before I could like say anything he then dances in and out the traffic as well he was so stepping in his car by J.P. Williams I mean mate, I was going to say it was the big, uh, it was the best sidestep I saw him do all afternoon and, and probably the best yardage he made but anyway the funny was he gets into the, he then goes into the news agent and I can see Lee and Miles no, he's like looking no he went into the news agent oh, yeah as we know it's pantomime scenes and it was literally boys he's behind you anyway they didn't they you know then Hughes realized I don't know what he was after he suddenly nipped out straight into the kebab shop queue next next door and then was and disappeared into the kebab shop so we then got back on the coach um, and turned out that our coach, the supporters coach, was waiting, was right next to the players coach. And then, I mean, from that moment on, do you want to take it on, you boys? Because obviously we then saw well, Hughesy come on with... It was, it, I mean, it was quite... Because we saw Big Charles, he looked mullered, to be honest. I mean, he, he looked back yeah. and bruised, didn't he? He did. He, he had two, uh, two pieces of tissue up his nose. I think he's got a broken nose and... Big John was there waiting as well with him. Uh, I think it was consoling him. It was it was uh, it was Alapati, John Afoa, and then um, obviously Nathan Hughes comes yeah. on. You know, with a big plastic bag, fifteen bags full of like, <laughs> chips, 
kebabs, whatever. And then we were like speculating, well, what's going on? And they obviously didn't fancy the, the food the Leicester, Leicester have got off because there was no sign of any other players there at all. Or, by the way, Pat Lamb. And I've got to say, I'm sure, I wouldn't, I'm sure he wouldn't have liked what he'd seen, what we saw. And sorry, but you know, we it saw was. it along with quite a lot of Leicester fans and the whole of the supporters came. It was well. old school and it, it did make me chuckle, I have to admit, because um, in this professional era yeah. that we're in there, and I, it, was, I, it was a throwback yeah, TC. It was, it, was a, it was good fun, mate. Really good fun. It was. And I just love the fact that there's a kebab lover in the Bristol Bears ranks. Mm. Just brilliant. I mean, it made us all hungry after that, didn't it? Well, yeah. to be honest, we were wondering what it was. I mean, is he a, is he a, is he a sheesh man or is he a, a donner man? Is he a donner? Is he a, I mean, a, a, a cofter? I don't know. And I think that's something we've got to it find did, out. It did make us hungry. We, all, all we had was our, our salt and vinegar oh, and our cheese yeah. and onion so, rings. Yeah, they got to the news agents and got these like two for a pound packet of crisps. And we see all the South Pacific Islanders with these massive well, maybe that's what, that's Maybe that's what Nathan wanted. Yeah. He wanted the, the cheese and onion yeah. uh, rings, you know? No, fair juice to the boys. It shows they're human, and I think, uh, and you know, they put their bodies on the line for eighty yeah. minutes. Whatever the result, you know, with rugby players, they put their heads where it hurts. So why can't they unwind exactly. a little bit with a bit of uh, a bit of car dodging and kebab eating? That's what I say. Fantastic, <laughs> and I believe you, you, uh, Lee and Pete, you've been invited on the scrum again for this Tuesday um, to to talk about presumably the game and uh, how we're faring this uh, this season. So that's the Jeff Twentyman show on Tuesday on BBC Radio Bristol, uh, starting at 6pm. So and that's Two pretty- sugars, please, Jeff. And Kaylee Parker she, is going to join you as well. Yeah, yeah. So, I think it's a, it's a, it sounds like it's a, a, just a kind of fan thing, a few questions here and there. Obviously, they couldn't get anyone else on. You know, yeah, right, so you know? we'll, do you know what, boys? We'll give it our best shot, won't we? Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll try not to let the side down. Yeah. So we look forward to uh, hearing about that next week. So let's move on then, because we've got the Breathe game um, happening on um, Saturday, isn't it? So what do we think? How's Pat going to play this? And actually, before we start, uh, in association with club statistician Neil Williams, we've got a few facts and oh, figures. I love this bit. So, um, having, having not had really good stats against Wasps and um, Leicester recently, I can pleased to say we've got a 100% record against hey, Breathe come on. and haven't ever conceded a point against them. Wow. In, in, the, in wow. the one game we've played. <laughs> <laughs> stats is stats. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we nilled them uh, earlier in the season and that was only the second time we've nilled a team in 80 European games. Uh, this will be the 15th French club that we've played at home uh, and our home record against French teams uh, in Europe is played 18, won 12, drawn 1, lost 5, uh, 560 points for to 354 against. And if you're interested, our biggest win was a 48-6 win against Bayonne on the 15th of December 2006. So, European Challenge Cup, Breathe, we're sitting top of the table on 19 points. They are on nine points. What do we do? What's Pat going to do? Are we going to play a strong team? Or are we going to see a lot of changes to give some players some rest before we get back to Premiership action later in January against Gloucester? Lee, come well, to you Well, I was hoping you'd go to Miles first because I have no, <laughs> no idea what we're going to do. Um, I mean, my instinct 
would be that we put a, a, a strong side out and we, I mean, we're, we've got this far in the competition already, um, so we might as well put this to bed now. Um, so I would go for the strongest side that we've got available. Um, obviously, there will be a couple of changes. We know Piatau won't play, for instance. Um, a foe is going to be out. A foe, that's yeah. right, yeah. Big John's going to be out. Um, but then we play the, the strongest 15 we've got. Personally, that's what I think we'll do. I, I tend to agree with you because I think if, if we win this game... First of all, that's our league sewn up. We yeah. we, we, we go through um, and potentially that could be enough points to see us as, if not one of the top two teams, one of the top four to get a home quarterfinal. Just looking at the other um, pools in pool one, uh, Dragons are top with three wins and 15 points. Pool two, Toulon have uh, won four and have got 18 points. Pool three, Bordeaux have won three and have got 17 points. Uh, Bristol with 19 points uh, in pool four from four wins. And in pool five, we've got Leicester. They've won four and have got 18 points. But the big difference is all those other pools have got anywhere between one and five points between the first and second team. In our pool, we're 10 points clear of brief. So even a losing bonus point would guarantee progress. But I do think we need to see a strong team out there to make sure we win that game um, and then hopefully get seeded, if not in the top two, in the top four for for the knockout fixtures. But Pete, what do you think about personnel changes? Is there anybody you can see coming in? Um, I, well, potentially Prothero, um, just because... Charles Piotr's injured? Because Charles Pietad, just because what I said earlier about Toby Fricker, maybe not quite having that kind of those sparkling toes. Not in Europe, no. No, well, this is this is why I'm, I'm I am actually that's why I'm pausing a little bit because obviously he's been our player in Europe, but it was the know, European performances yeah, that got him in the first team. So but, you know, but then Prothero hasn't you know we haven't seen him for a while, and I know he was on that list of uh, people that got ill. So I'd like to think it's probably uh, it's probably cleared up, and I, I just think I'd like to see him have a bit of a run out. Now he may well come in at fullback, as you say. Um, so winger wise, maybe they will give Fricker another game. You know, just the more he plays, the more he's going to get better. I think we have to be positive. Um, Mark, yeah, I mean, can, um, could I just ask you a question? Who do you think is going to start nine and ten? <laughs> well, I mean, did they give everyone a chance? I mean, I, I thought Randall had a great game, but no, he's made a lot of mistakes, and I think Randall had a great game. Sturzaka had a bit of a rubbish kick, isn't he, at Leicester? So maybe you're talking like Randall to start, Sturzaka on the bench. Um, are we going to see Return of the Mads? Well, he came on well at well four minutes under the radar. Yeah. Suddenly, all we suddenly thought there he is. Yeah, but Johan um, and Lloyd was ill was as well. Yeah, so it will be interesting to see. I think that will be fascinating to see who does start at ten because I think you know Sheedy could well get a rest. I think, yeah. um, and it could be one of those two. But who will it be? Because I think they both started one of the European mm. games at home. Um, you know what? I, I, I think it could be Matt. I think it's going to go bad again. Yeah, I think you know, he's, he's 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 you know mainly because yeah. Well, what you, what he's, why he's paid a lot of money as well. What about this? We could say, I mean, potentially Provero comes on the wing, Frick gets a rest, and then Johan Lloyd could go at fullback. Could go fullback. Yeah, it's, it's possibly. I think I, I think we might see. Yeah, we we might see one options. definitely one or both of those Lloyd and Mad somewhere. Mm. I think Hurrell 
should play again yeah. because he needs a game time and I think you know, he'll back. O'Connor so. probably needs a rest even though he had a good game I would I wonder whether Bedlow will come back in because he was on the ill list O'Connor's played the most yeah most minutes in Premiership in Premiership yeah so, so I, I would say potentially if you're, if you're looking for no, names I think Randall I think because he had a good game and he, he you know we should start him again yeah. so he gets a yeah. run yeah. I think we'd say Randall let's go let's say Randall Madigan Hurrell Bedlow, Fricker, Alapati maybe unless he's in in the in the uh, in detention because of his uh, because of his uh, kebab eating and uh, knock on and then Prothero at the back. We got Pincus, you know maybe he comes for another game on the yeah. wing. It's a difficult one. You're right, Tony. You don't want to, but we still got to keep rotating the squad to keep them to keep them fresh. So. Yeah, time will tell. I, I I do think as well that Zebra away game we are likely to see a, a, a second string yeah. Mm, yeah. For, yeah. for that um, because hopefully we're already qualified. But uh, yeah, and again, just from a fan's perspective, I think that you can get tickets. Is it from ten or twenty quid yeah. for the brief game? Yes, right. Yeah, yeah. So you know, from a marketing point of view, yeah. we want we want. People to come maybe for the first time or second time this season, see an entertaining game, see mm. a Bristol win, and want to come back again. Um, well, maybe if Wasp was their first game, you might want to try it again because you think it can't get any worse than that. <laughs> well, Big Max Lahif will probably start, but because <clears throat> Foa's out, and also, I mean, you know, last time he was in, uh, <clears throat> he was in Breve, he was the one that was relishing the old the, the, the competition the, against yeah, the Polynesian warlords. warlords and the, the men, mental French guys. So. I think Lahif will be knocking on Pat's door for a start on, yeah. uh, on Saturday. Well, let, let, let's hope it's a strong team. Let's hope we can get the results. You're listening to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Podbean and many more platforms. If you like what you hear, please leave a review or a rating for the show. You can contact us with your comments and ideas by email at bearsbeyondthegate at gmail.com. On Twitter, we're at bearsbeyondgate. And on Facebook, follow our Bears Beyond the Gate page. Right, talking about all things social media, I was just having a look um, and a couple of things that I'd like to get your opinions on, guys, things that have come in on our, our Twitter feed. Um, the first one is from Clive Bowman at Clive Bowman 554. And he says, hello, Bears Beyond the Gate. I heard a rumour from a source at Leicester today. I hear that no relegation will happen from the Premiership this year. Newcastle will be promoted and the rest ring fenced, all due to protecting RFU Academy players. Have you heard anything similar? Who wants to start with that one? Well, I, I think I replied to Clive. I thought it's a, it's a brilliant um, subject as well. Um, I replied to Clive and, and I think, you know, morally, you can't change the rules halfway through a season, I think. Um, I think that there's probably... Uh, eventually, I think this is going to happen, but you just can't bend those rules uh, during a season. I mean, it, it, the season's got to be played out and then maybe at the end of the season, that's when things may, might get changed and, you know, ring fencing will come in personally. But that's my own personal opinion. I mean, there's been lots of talk, hasn't there, that if Saracens make the points up and then a Leicester or a Wasp or, you know, London Irish go down, uh, you know, is that another reason to, um, to, to not have relegation this year to try and balance out the, uh, the, the issues around Saracens? Um, 
Pete, what are your Yeah, I mean, I'll just question? go back to, you know, just quoting from the, I think it was the Times in August the 29th this year, beginning of the season, the Premiership Rugby Clubs have failed in their bid to bring an end to relegation next season. Uh, they failed in large part because they were unable to buy the approval of the 12 clubs in the Championship, the division below. They were offered, the Championship clubs were offered 500 grand to accept the deal, but have resisted the offer. And it's now too late to implement it. So, Job so there you go. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I, I think it's highly unlikely we'll, we'll see any changes during a season. But great question. Great question. Um, and now this one um, that's coming in, maybe get Miles to comment mm-hmm. on this. This is from uh, one of our followers, Matt Crute, who is at Crute Matt on Twitter. Gents, seeing as we've been quiet so far this transfer window, anyone heard any more about a big announcement at 9am Monday? Should say at this point we are recording this on Sunday night. Um, and Matt goes on to say, is it Sinclair signing as would fit the bill um, a big deal on our part? Don't see Tom Cruise's interest as a big announcement. So, Miles, what's your thought? Well, I, I, it could be right. I think, you know, Leicester announced on New Year's Day, didn't they, that they'd re-signed three players. It's been very quiet from the Bristol camp. Um, after this weekend, confidence is so low that maybe they brought announcements forward. We need something in the club and for the supporters to sort of raise our confidence. And maybe now after the weekend... Maybe it's the Sinclair. Good timing. Uh, I mean, let's hope good timing because A, the European break couldn't come soon enough and some big announcement for fans, again, couldn't come soon enough. I mean, Pete's got a theory on this one, eh? Well, this is, again, based on just putting, adding two and two and getting five, but I was reading some stuff about the fact that Alex Dombrand didn't travel to sail for Harlequins. They're sort of barnstorming young number eight, didn't travel to sale, wasn't on the injury list, contract is up. Is it? Oh, he's sending you right now. Dom? It is. It is. Are you coming? But the... And I mean, there was some speculation that, that that might mean that his, there is something about him leaving Harlequins. Now, there was nothing about, I've heard nothing about yeah. him coming to Bristol, but... You know, yes, we've talked a lot about a number eight. Uh, do we have really a barnstorming backup to Nathan Hughes or a bit of competition to Nathan Hughes? So who knows? I mean, I don't think it'd be this week, but I wonder whether he might be suddenly coming on the radar if he's, if he's in the, the ballpark. I, I think the Carl Sinclair thing, because nobody is denying it or uh, accepting it either way. Usually when things like this go quiet and nobody comments, usually means there is something happening. Um, and I think you're right from a PR perspective, actually, to to be able to announce a big name um, would be good just to um, lift spirits a little bit. Um, but whether it will be, maybe just it's one of our other people signing on for a, another couple of yeah. years. Um, Lee? Well, I was just going to say, just to follow up what you've just said there, Tony, um, on, the, on the quiet subject, we haven't heard anything about Tipperick yet. Right. That's uh, gone really quiet. So that could be another potential. Yeah, and I mean, Ospreys are having an absolute mare yeah. at the moment. And, you know, and, but that said, 
they bought in Mike Ruddock, haven't they? And they, you know, they look like they're trying to put a plan in place. And, in, you know, I bet they're working very, very hard mm-hmm. to keep someone like him I mean, in his club. So who knows? It's all subjective. At the end of the day, we're all fans. Mm-hmm. So this is exactly what all fans love to talk about. And, you know, it's nice to throw different things in the mix. But hopefully, nine o'clock on Monday, we will find out. Yeah, and, and I think you know, with it being the festive period, it's fair to say one or two of our sources that are close to the club we haven't seen. Um, uh, so uh, you know, may, maybe we can pick up a bit of fresh news in the next week or two to come. So uh, just going to finish um, on one thing. It's twenty twenty. We've got the rest of the season to look forward to. Eight games gone. 14 league games to go so I want to come round to each of you for your predictions um, I'm going to ask you four predictions so where you think we're going to finish in the league how we'll do in the Challenge Cup which team you think will get relegated and if there is one game for the rest of the season you really want to win what game is it so let's just go round and start with what you think our league position will be Come the end of the season, so I'm going to start with Miles. Uh, it's a lot less than I thought at the beginning of the oh. season. Sorry, lads. Uh, I think so. We finished ninth last season, ninth again. I mean, I don't think we've improved enough to sort of position better than that. So, about ninth, I'd say. Pete, well, I'm pretty sure after last season they would have targeted top six. As, a, as part of an ongoing thing. So I think if that... But... Where did I you agree. I, I went top four when we did this a while back. You know what? I'm still going to think we might just squeeze sixth. Lee? I hate to agree with Pete, but I think exactly the same sixth place, mate. I'm, I'm going to go for seventh. I think we're just going to maybe miss out um, based on the recent run of games against, let's face it, some of the teams that have been struggling in the league. So, European Challenge Cup. Um, I am going to say we're going to get to a semi-final, but we won't go any further, Lee. Yeah, again, I agree with you. I think exactly the same semi-final for me. I've got to say, this season seems to be shaping up to be a bit of a semi, so uh, I I, I can't disagree with you either. Miles? I have to admit, I'm going to have to agree with you all, as much as I hate to, semi-final, but not much more than that. some quality teams out there which we're really struggling against right which team is going to get relegated so this is a tough one um, I am going to go to Pete first because I can see he's got the league table on his phone at the moment so uh, so Sarri's (laughs) (laughs) I mean I think clearly Saracens are now on minus seven Leicester on 11. I mean, they are rip. The Saracens, apart from the Exeter game, they're, they're ripping through. And obviously, Six Nations will come. But, you know, Saracens have got a massive squad. So I don't think it'll be Saracens, which... So realistically, I'm... You know, I look at this and I think it's not fair. It's not fair that anyone's got to go down looking at this. But I, I'm going to I'm gonna say London Irish. Right, Lee. I don't want Leicester to go down. Um, no. We met some good people yesterday, and it's a proper rugby club. Um, and I do generally think they'll pick up. Um, I think London Irish as well, and and I do agree with Pete. I do think it's it's unfair, but you know, it, they've been Saris have been given their punishment, and someone's got to go. And I think it will be Irish eventually. 
Wales. I might go slightly different. Although I think Irish. I'm going to go Wasps this year. They didn't play brilliantly against us. They're not. The depth of squad isn't fantastic. So yeah, Wasps for me. I am going to go London Irish. I think they've had one or two good wins in the start of the season, but I think they're starting to to struggle a little bit, although they did... Um, I mean, they, they lost 45-28 at home to Exeter Chiefs, but um, even so, score, get a, a losing bonus point on the tries is, is no, no mean feat. Of course, Worcester as well have struggled a little bit, um, I, I'm going to go Irish. Lee, you wanted to add something? I was just going to say, um, Paddy Jackson's injured as well. I mean, I don't know how long that is for, but that's a big loss for Irish. Yeah. yeah. I mean, right. they're, going to, they're going to, not going to suffer with the Six Nations, are they? But, but Worcester's home Wasp form is will. so good. Wasp, Wasp will lose a few. And <clears> that's why I just wonder, yeah, I mean, Worcester's home form is probably, you know, you back them at home more than London Irish at home. Mm. Um well, let's and face it, we've all, fought Worcester. we've all been open Worcester for <laughs> yeah. years. Okay, last question then. I'm going to go to Miles. Which is the one game, as a fan, you personally, you really, really want to win for the rest of the season? Gloucester. For me? Where? At home. At home. At home. Gloucester at home. We beat them last season. We weren't expecting it. It's going to be tougher, I think, with the way we play, but got to win it. And that's the one I want. It's, it's boring boy isn't it I, I, I was thinking just as you said that I was thinking that for, for a number of reasons A it's our next premiership game after a bad run at home again for the whole for, for putting our season back on track for what happened last season for the fact they're a good side if we could put if we could do them at Ashton Gate it will tick a number of boxes um, it's not going to be the end of be all end of so I'm I'm going to say Gloucester as well that one 25th of Jan yeah. Saturday 3pm Lee Proud Bristolian there's only one game for me back away yeah yeah well I I as I'm in the chair you've I've, got a glint in your I, eye I, I, I've got two is that like what oh, he's in the chair That's, yeah I'm in the chair he had two go- <laughs> he had three yeah. goats yeah. last week didn't he yeah. so let's give him two yeah at the start of the season, it would be absolutely without a shadow of doubt, Worcester oh, at home. Agreed. Because they did us twice last season. It's a bogey team for us. We owe them big time. But as the way things have panned out, I think the one game which would really put a smile on my face if we could win is to beat Saracens at home. Because they are going to need to win virtually every game. And it only takes one or two teams to pull off a, an upset. And they could start to be in a little bit of trouble. Um, so, so, so those are my two. Um, well, that's it for this week. Um, it's the start of the 2020s. Bristol sit fifth in the league on 18 points. We're seven ahead of Leicester in 11th and 25 ahead of Saracens in 12th. So uh, a lot healthier position than we were this time last year. Let's hope the rest of the season um, gives us a lot of joy, a lot of wins and who knows, maybe a little bit of silverware. I just wanted to say Happy New Year to all the listeners. Absolutely. So from Bears Beyond the Gate to all our listeners, Happy, Happy New Year! Year.